Welcome back to the Whole Topic Podcast. This week on episode 19, we are talking about how to overcome overwhelm and homeschooling. Um, a couple weeks ago, actually probably a month and a half ago, around the time when people were starting to do their curriculums and stuff together, I put a poll out on my Instagram, DMark23, and I asked like, what was people's biggest hot spots with homeschooling? Mm-hmm. Was it choosing curriculum? Was it just feeling overwhelmed? Was it, you know, too many ages to think about? Like, what was it? And by far, most of them said, it just seems overwhelming. Mm-hmm. So we're here to give a few tips mm-hmm. on how to deal with overwhelm and how we have dealt with overwhelm. Mm-hmm. Because each of us in our homeschool journeys, I think all of us can say that oh, yeah. there are days where it is overwhelming. And Even it don't to- matter if you are brand new or been doing it for six, 11, 10, however many years you ladies have been doing it. Mm-hmm. You There are days. There are definitely days where you are just overwhelmed and thinking, what am I doing? (laughs) What did I get myself into? (laughs) And so just realize that is a feeling that comes. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not a feeling that has to stay though. I can Mm -hmm. promise you that. Um, And if there is a period of maybe, maybe let's, let's just start with this point. If there is like a couple days where you're like, maybe even a week where you're like this whole week, I feel like a crazy person. Mm -hmm. Take that week off and plan your field trips then or go ahead and do a field trip mm-hmm. uh read a good book together um these are all tips i got from some of the moms that mm-hmm. i i asked because that following that poll i asked for tips from yeah. um seasoned homeschool moms um and they they were saying you know just take the day completely off mm-hmm. and go play outside you know like do something else besides book work because then that resets everybody's mind. You have time to process and think. Um, and honestly, that's probably the first tip I would give yeah. is just take a break if yeah. that's overwhelming. So um, Ariel, you wrote something down here called, or saying, identify the source of your overwhelm. And I do want you to expand on that because I feel like you wrote some really good points <laughs> down here. Sure. Uh, when we first start, when you wrote out the title for this episode, I was like, overwhelm. That is so broad. Like there are so many different types of overwhelm. There's, you know, you've got too much on your plate overwhelm. There's, um, you've got too many kids. You're trying to shuffle around into different activities or all different ages, or maybe you're brand new to this and you're looking at curriculum and you're thinking, oh my goodness, that's so much curriculum. What do I choose? There's different kinds of overwhelm. Maybe you're working alongside trying to homeschool or like anything could be your overwhelm, but identifying the source of what your overwhelm is, is step number one for me anyway. It's because I get overwhelmed differently at different times of year because of what we're doing in life. Like soccer's in the fall, I get overwhelmed then because soccer, you know, and then <laughs> there's just other things that go on canning season or whatever's going on in life. Somebody dies. Okay. I've got death overwhelm. There's different kinds of overwhelm. Um, and they can be joyful overwhelm, but knowing that your body is now in fight or flight or you're freezing or like you're reacting in a way that's not normally you, you can't find your joy in things. Okay. You're overwhelmed, but why? So figuring out your why is huge. Um, and then taking that why, like, why are you overwhelmed? And then identifying how you want your homeschool to look like in that season, Maybe it's not something that you can fix right away. Okay, so maybe this homeschool season looks different than what you think it should look. 
how can you make your homeschool life fit your season right then? Because a lot of times the overwhelm, you can reset, right? So I have to leave the house at any given time because a birth is happening. So I'll leave and I'll go. It's either great or it's not great. And I have to come home after a long birth, short birth, traumatic birth. And then I have to homeschool my kids. And my brain's not there. My brain is still where I left that family. And so I have a reset rhythm, a ritual that I do when I get home. And it's a lot like self-care. For me, it's taking a hot shower, praying, um, praising. And then I try to go outside and get in dirt if the season allows me to, even if it's snow, I get outside mm -hmm. um, just because being outside helps me recenter myself and think about where my priorities are. And then I can come back inside and say, okay, where did we leave off in our schooling? Where can we pick back up? What one thing can I do today to call it homeschool? Even if it's sitting down and watching a how it's made video, as something to help us learn something that day. So identifying your overwhelm, is it something you can reset or is it something that you need to change your season in homeschooling around? That's yeah. that's where my mind went when you said overwhelm because it's like, wow, overwhelm is a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. There's a lot. There's so many avenues of it that mm -hmm. can happen. I totally yeah. agree with that. And I think you yeah. made a good point about identifying if it needs to be a reset or if it's something that you need to actually make a complete shift in you know right. there's a difference between those two a reset just means you just broke up on the wrong side of the bed or you you know there's something that was in the environment that day that made you yeah grumpy in the school or your children or whatever and if maybe everybody needs that reset yeah. needs that recharge go outside or whatever but then there might be things where you're overwhelmed because your systems aren't working yeah. your routine right. your schedule your systems whatever and we've touched on that in the previous episode on schedules and routines and I like to call them more like a rhythm because how your day flows well maybe the way your day's flowing is where the overwhelm is stemming okay. from yeah and your kids too they I mean if you're overwhelmed likely they are, are too yeah. So that actually brings me to a point of something that happened this morning. So I usually do um, my blog work in the morning before everyone gets up and then I work on it some in the afternoon. Well, um, I have a couple kids. So my kids decided they got sick of eating oatmeal for breakfast. <laughs> wow. I love that. I love to cook, but I cut more often than not. I was going to do that maybe two times a week. I was going to cook a big thing. Well, they came to me and they're like, Hey mom, can we just split up in teams like our normal team that we could my kids are all split up in teams they do chores together and they're like can cool. we just take every other day you know one team take three mornings and the other team take three mornings and make breakfast so I was like sure like they get to pick a protein they get to pick whatever it is they're gonna make pancakes they give me I don't really care what they make just as long and you don't have to do it <laughs> and I told them it has to be on the table by 8 30. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, they have to make oatmeal. So <laughs> it's always on the table at eight thirty usually. Yeah. So that being said, I finished up my blog work. They were finishing up their stuff. I was running the vacuum over the house. Well, I was getting ready to. Well, somebody said made a comment about breakfast, and I do have a rule: you're not allowed to comment on the food while you're eating it because it's very rude to the cook. Mm -hmm. You can say something later to me personally and be like, "Hey, I didn't like certain things about this." And maybe I'll fix it and maybe I won't. Generally, I'll, I'll try not to feed you if you really hate something. Mm -hmm. But there were some comments made to the cook. And this 
he took it very personally, which rightfully so. He okay. felt like he was being. I take it personally when when me too. people make comments about my cooking. <laughs> well, it got settled down. I dealt with it. It got settled down. Well, then I come back in the kitchen. Well, I start hearing a little bit more ruckus and something else was said. And it was one of those moments. Have you ever been like, you wake up in the morning and like, you're like, this cannot be how this day starts. Like yeah. this, is, this, this is not good. So if you're a believer, I'm a believer. I know um, Stephanie's a believer and um, Ariel's a believer. I recommend doing this because this is something that I learned a while ago. My kids have actually mentioned to me that they really appreciate this too. So we generally try to turn the scripture on in the morning at the breakfast mm. table. We try to turn it on to listen to it. Whether I can read it or not, I try to teach my older kids to read the scripture mm. on their own when they wake up in the morning because they will wake up in the morning when I do usually. And so we hadn't done that yet. And I could tell everything was tense. Okay, so <laughs> one of my kids is crying. And the, the, the issue was so small and we all knew it. <laughs> you but just, in that moment, it was a big deal. It was huge. And like, uh -huh. so one of my kids starts crying. The other one starts crying. <laughs> then the third one starts crying. And I started crying. And I was laughing so hard. And I could not stop crying. And I, I was like, this is all pregnancy hormones. <laughs> so then we're all laughing and crying because we realized how ridiculous the this, whole thing this is. small yeah. issue was. However, it was enough that there was, you know, okay. hey, I hurt your feelings. Or mm -hmm. So we finally got it uh, dealt with. I, you know, we, we kind of communicated with each other like, hey, this is why they were hurt. And this is why this person was hurt. And then they would apologize. They just made it right. And then... I told him, I was like, we have to reset here because right now this is not what God intends for our family. And there's not peace in our home right now. Um, and Micah was sleeping in because he was up till three 30 working on a work project. Hmm. And so he wasn't even at the, the breakfast table. He usually is. And so I said, what we're going to do is we're going to start with prayer and we're going to pray over this day. And we're also going to turn the Bible on and we'll read that. And then we'll talk about things that we learned. It was like, once we got through that initial, like, hey, identifying and validating people's feelings and then making it right, there was peace. Right. So sometimes, like Stephanie said, there is, you wake up on the wrong side, but everybody does. And you got to help your kids regulate their feelings. You have to regulate your mm -hmm. feelings. And personally, the way I do that is around God. Yeah. And so, and that's what I teach my kids is go to God. But if you're not a believer, I don't, I don't really have any great tips but you, you, you got to regulate, you, you got to regulate your feelings yeah. and the kids. Yeah. And if they, you're setting the, the example of how to regulate your feelings, that in itself can, even if it's just school, even if it's anything, mm -hmm. if you're working to regulate your feelings and keeping God at the center of things and making sure that you're, uh, you are communicating that through your actions to your kids and your words, um, that is one way to deal with when, when situations are really tense. I think we're all going to look back on that and laugh so hard all the time because literally none of us could stop crying. And I I wasn't even, it was the silliest thing. Someone just made a comment about someone's breakfast. About their food. And we're all crying. So I'm just like. So I was a little bit tired. Yeah. Well, we did. We all got to That's the sad thing. Usually that's when things are, when tensions rise in our house, it's because we've been running on fumes and we didn't get enough yeah, sleep. Yeah, they were on bed yeah. at 30. It was good. But that, but also just knowing that if you're a Christian, if you're a believer, yeah. I believe the enemy will try to yes. destroy peace. Mm -hmm. He comes to destroy peace. 
and our house is a fairly peaceful house. It's of course we do. So he's gonna to look things. for that little sliver to get his foot yep. wedged in the and door. And he sure did this <laughs> moment. He had to run in tears. <laughs> we we did laugh about afterwards, but like just dealing with overwhelm is recentering and regulating. That's my mm -hmm. point here. Mm -hmm. um, you realize you're not the only person that deals with it. It's everybody does. There's no one who doesn't deal with it. And same thing is if you aren't feeling regulated, your kids aren't gonna feel regulated. Right. I know you. everyone probably hears this a, a bazillion times and I have to be reminded of a bazillion times, but you, as moms, we just kind of get that hat that makes us, you know, be the gatekeepers of our home. We, yes. we wear that hat and we set the tone and um, it's just kind of like this unspoken thing that mothers get when they become, yeah. you know, and, and there's so much truth about it. When I'm grumpy, I can almost guarantee everybody else is going to be grumpy and snippy with yeah. me. But if yeah. I'm calm and peaceful, usually everybody else is too. Yes. And right. it seems to be the way that it goes. You're setting, you literally are setting the tone, the tone. of your home. Yes. So just, yeah. And just be mindful of that as you go about. Um, now, back to overwhelm. For me, when I feel like I get the most overwhelmed in February. I don't know. I have every year and I could not pin that until about two years ago, someone posted it on Instagram and they said, February is the hardest homeschool month. And I was like, every single year it is every year. I'm like, maybe they need to go to school next year. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Every year I'm like in February, ready to just throw the books out the window and be like, yeah, no, I'm done. And until she Why? Started, never realized it was February. And my thought is, is you've been for us, we do a traditional school year. We don't take summers off or we do take summers off. We don't school year round. And so we hit it pretty hard because we want to get it all done in those eight months. I don't take many breaks in between. We go from middle to end of August all the way until about April. And so by February, everybody is just worn out and they're like, it's just burnout. Tedious. They're burnt out. They're, mm -hmm. they're feeling tedious, including me. Sometimes you'll start to get Towards the end of February, beginning of March, you start to get those nice days a little bit. The sun starts coming up a little bit more. Um, you still, for us here in Missouri, we, you know, our weather change starts to shift just a little bit. You're still yeah. got some cold days, but we typically don't have a lot of snow on the ground. Sometimes we do in February, but yeah. you start to just be worn out and you're done. Mm -hmm. You're burnt out with the whole thing. And so one of the things that I have, I have a blog post out on this, um, on what to do with you feel homeschool burnout in February is remember your why of why are you homeschooling? Why yeah. did you choose to do this for your family? And it makes it, when you remember that, write it down, post it somewhere, whatever mm -hmm. you need to do to go back to it. So when you're feeling that urge, like I am just absolutely done remember that and then go back to those reasons why you know and that's what I usually do is I wanted my children to have a Christian education I wanted them to be home with me and my husband and I wanted them to love to read and love to learn and those mm -hmm. were the two. so maybe in February when you're burnt out if you if those are your goals go back to reading aloud every because we're really good at the beginning of the year and that kind mm -hmm. of off because you just want to get school done and be done with it. Yes. Mm -hmm. Go back to picking those good read aloud books and sitting down together. Pick some field trips that they are interested in. You want them to love to learn, do something that they love learning and mm -hmm. switching those things so that your mindset gets back into it. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Because it's so easy to go there, to feel it and then stay there. Yeah. Yeah. Want to not stay there. <laughs> and I, it's interesting because right. that was like my, that was one of the last oh, ones that I wrote down here. 
of of knowing your why because yeah. when you when all else fails and you're just super overwhelmed why are you homeschooling right is it because mm-hmm. you feel like it's a new fad is it something that mm-hmm. or is it because like she gave her reasons my reasons I want to be with my kids I love the fact that I can sit one-on-one with with each of their levels and I know they're getting the attention they need. Mm -hmm. I've talked to multiple school teachers that have said it is way better if you're, if you could be a good homeschool parent and, and like had the one-on-one time with your child, that was like a thousand times better than having a school teacher in a room full Mm -hmm. of 28, 30 kids trying to like identify each of their needs. And like there, there's so many moving parts into it. I also want them to love to learn. My two oldest are now taking high school credits. They're, they're 12 and 13. Because we homeschool year round, that has made it possible for them mm-hmm. to graduate earlier, to get the mm-hmm. credits they need to graduate earlier. And they're all mm-hmm. gone whole about it. I want to create a love to learn for mm-hmm. the things, yes, and the things that they're going, they're, what's their calling in life? Are they going to be equipped to do that? Am I equipping them to learn what they need to learn to do what their calling is? So she's so point, like that is so right on, like, yeah. why are you homeschooling because right. if you can if you can stick to that why mm-hmm. you'll be able to drop everything for one day yeah. even yeah. A week. okay take yeah. a week off yeah and or two weeks whatever you need to whatever reset. you need to, yes. to reset and then come back and make sure during those couple weeks or whatever your time of period is you are like focusing on relationships again with your kids mm-hmm. and try to connect with them where maybe you lacked when you were educating every single day um, right and taking care of that but um, one of the final points, and this will kind of go along with your last point, Ariel, as well. Yeah. This is the final point I kind of wrote down is um, curriculum. Simplify the curriculum. Mm. Um, mm. Find a curriculum that works for you and your children, both of you guys. Mm-hmm. And don't, I've seen people overpay for curriculum. Mm-hmm. I see this all the time in homeschool groups. Oh, I overpay yep. for curriculum. That yep. Was- dollars for each of my kids and they hate it and they're crying every day I don't cry with my kids every day we found the curriculum and each parent is has to be this what might work for me might cause tears Mm -hmm. in your home Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. while we have opinions and ideas you need you really need to kind of hone in what cream works for you and what goes along with that is don't be so set on one curriculum for the whole family yes you yeah. have children that do really well with one curriculum and one that needs something different. And that is okay. For the first mm-hmm. time that happened this year to yep. me. Me too. Um, so I've been doing um I've been doing the good and the beautiful mm-hmm. for the last couple of years. And my one son, he is the one that didn't like reading the most. And I wouldn't say he was behind, but I wanted to see him take some action. Mm-hmm. Like I wanted to see him take to some, he loves outdoors. He's just an outdoor boy. And so I ended up talking to him. He came up to me one day and he's like, mom, because he, he could be in grade six, but I wanted to see some actions for him to say, I can do this. I, cause I know he can do it. And he was like, I want to make some changes and I want to try, you know, to get everything on my level done and everything that I need to get done within a certain amount of time done. He just like was, so I ended up because reading was something I really wanted him to do more of. Mm-hmm. He's already doing the writing, the idea of writing at home. So that wasn't as big of a concern to me. I switched him to level six of master books mm-hmm. and he has thrived in that. Like yeah. he literally is every day. He's that's good. 
three more lessons a day Good. because it's met his need. Mm-hmm. None of oh. my other kids have ever needed me to switch a curriculum like that for them. Hold on. You just cut out real bad. You might have to redo the last part. You said my son. And then you said you switched him to master books. And then you, you were talking about how good it was for him, but okay. that's where it cut you out, how good it was for him. Okay. So I ended up switching my son to master books because like, as we looked at it, it had more reading and more stuff that I kind of felt like I wanted him to work on on that level. So he got to switch and he's been the one that's totally taken ownership of it. Like literally, I don't have to tell him, go to your school, go at all. Like he's totally taken ownership of it. Um, and I've never had to do that with any of my other kids. However, if your child is willing to learn and can learn in a different curriculum, try not to overpay for it though. Like, yeah, don't I, overpay for don't it. Over, you don't just, have to overpay Just because it, a curriculum is costs a lot, costs a lot doesn't mean it's better. And just because a curriculum doesn't cost a lot doesn't mean it's bad. Yeah. Um, right. We remember that as you're looking through curriculum, look yeah. at different reviews, talk to people, get opinions. And again, our opinions may not still work for your family, yep. but we can tell you our experiences. Um, right. Do YouTube reviews. Yeah, those if are good If you ones. have any yeah. questions on curriculum, that yeah. is something I always do. I yeah. Or I talk to friends. Like yeah. when I was getting to the good and the beautiful, I went to her. Yeah. Um. So last point, because we're going to have to wrap up here in a minute. Sure. Um, Ariel, you had a point where you were talking about creating action steps yes. towards yes. you're overwhelmed. Yes. So always, this is my, my go-to you identify whatever the issue is. Okay. And then you create your action plan for whatever the changes that you need. And, and for me, that looked like, um, just better homeschool organization and planning, which is a big thing that goes along with your why. So every year I try out a different homeschool planner because there's so many, and I just want to experience them all and they're all new and smelling delicious. So, um, they do. Yeah. Who doesn't love planners? Um, so I tried out a new one this year and I really liked the amount of goal setting and the whys and all of, all of the backbone work that goes into your thought process into why you homeschool and how you're homeschooling this way. And then you lay out your curriculum and how to fit it into your schedule and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So I really enjoyed that. And I like that it went along with my why it helped me create action steps in there on how to fit it into my day, which was really great. Which brings me into another side point about creating your action steps. So we are just three homeschoolers ourselves who have great advice, I think. I think we're top notch, (laughs) if if anybody asked. Um, But there are some other really good people to glean information from. And I just want to hit up their names real quick. So, And we'll leave links down in the description for all these things. Someone that helped me hugely was Sarah McKenzie from Read Aloud Revival. Um, she wrote a book called Teaching from Rest, which was the biggest catalyst for how I changed my perspective when I was homeschooling to teach from rest instead of um, feeling anxiety all the time. Huh? Or from teaching from an empty cup. Yes, yes. It was crucial for me. Um, And if you want to get the gist of the book and you don't want to read the book, she has a podcast that we'll link below that talks about the gist of the book so that you can get that. Um, Aside from her, there's someone called Dorenda Wilson. Now, I've never heard of her before, but apparently she wrote a book that I can't find. So if anybody finds it, great. It's called The Unhurried Homeschooler. She put out another one um, 
for for something. Oh, the four hour homeschool day. Um, and she has a podcast again. We'll link that for when you feel overwhelmed during homeschool. And both of these women, such Christ filled women, reminded me again of two very important topics that I seem to forget when I'm in my overwhelm. And number one came from Jeremiah 29:11, the for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord plans to give you a future and expectancy and not of evil, but one of peace. And the fact that he's got plans for us mm-hmm. was so helpful to me to know that I don't have to plan a whole bunch because if he gave me the calling to homeschool, he's not going to give me a whole bunch of other things in my day. That's going to cloud out my homeschooling. If mm-hmm. that's the gift, if that's the reason that he called me to homeschooling, he's going to have me pouring my energy into that. And so I don't have to think too hard about, am I doing this? Should I send them to public school? Like, oh, I'm doing it wrong. Because invariably we all doubt ourselves. Right. At some point. Usually at some point, at least once a year, you may doubt yourself. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, But Sarah McKenzie said this, and I, I love the way this shifts your perspective. We have all the time we need to do the things God is asking us to do. And that just hit me so hard. Like, yes, we do have all the time we need because God gave us this thing to do, this homeschooling journey to do. We have time to do it because he gave it to us. Um, So Sarah McKenzie's great. You should listen to her. Dorenda Wilson was a wonderful podcast. Katie Keene from Her Home and Heart podcast had a different perspective of overwhelm because she has some special needs children. So if you're the type of person that's got special needs children or um, needing a wellness coach, she was fantastic to listen to in that regard. But she talked about something different than the other two ladies. She talked about family governance and family government, like that word there. Um, And I had to listen to the entire podcast in order to get to the gist of it, which wasn't very long. It was like 15 minutes, but it, it irks me sometimes when people don't like get to the point. Cause that's why I'm listening to the podcast is <laughs> I want to hear your point, but they, but they lead you on the whole podcast. Oh, wait, they want you to don't tell you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I had to listen to the whole thing to get the gist of this, but she had more family meetings, more communication, more listening was happening and they had systems in place to support her husband and herself. So they, as parents, had a system for themselves to go aside and be alone and recharge and reset. And then as a family, they had specific times carved out in their day to talk to each other. And they did. They had open communication. They had family meetings. And that made the biggest difference in the overwhelm. Because if you're not talking to your children, hey, do you want to do soccer? Right. And you're just signing them up for things or... Maybe you're signing them up for all the things because they want to do it, but you're not being honest with them. Like, honey, it costs gas. It costs time. Like you're saying yes to this, but this means we can't have a nice family dinner. Like having that conversation with your children can be hugely impactful. So Katie Keene was a good one. And I think that's all my recommendations, but you should definitely listen to all the people out there. I think you should listen to us the most just because we'll get to the point. Definitely, Faster. definitely. <laughs> but listen to our whole podcast because you'll get lots of stuff. Yeah, yeah. You'll get lots of points, not just one. And if you really yeah. do just turn on the news. Yeah. And then you'll realize yeah. that you're doing okay. your kids a favor too. Yeah. yeah. And like 
I know parents that have to send their kids to public school. I know parents that send their kids. That doesn't make you a bad parent. No. If you no. read about it, if you thought it through, if you there's there's consequences of everything you could you do in mm-hmm. life. So yeah. as long as you've kind of like thought those through, mm-hmm. you do what's best for you. But as a homeschool mom, I know a lot. Of, like like I said, a lot that reach at overwhelmed part. Even if you're seasoned, you're still going to reach at overwhelmed mm-hmm. part. And we hope this just really gave some insight into how to deal with overwhelm and homeschooling. So that will close up episode 19. And we will see you on episode 20. You've been listening to the Whole Topic Podcast. To hear more, to see behind the scenes, or to get a hold of us directly, visit our socials, Facebook and Instagram, The Whole Topic Podcast. If you'd like to hear more from Andrea, visit her blog at dearmark23.com, where she talks about whole foods, whole grains, and whole living. If you'd like to hear more from Stephanie, visit theranchershomestead.com, where she talks about simple living, gluten-free recipes, and farm life. If you'd like to see more from me, visit wildandforestcare.com, where I talk about simple living, wild recipes, and natural remedies. Thank you for listening, and God bless.